Welcome to the Naples Community Church Podcast with Pastor Kurt Anderson. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you find this sermon inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you perspective to see God moving in your life. We trust God has great things in store for you. Enjoy today's message. Open your word to us, the foundation of all truth, the revelation that that we rely upon, that we might know what you intend for our lives. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I just received a note. Um, Joanne Hughes, apparently on her way to church, fell out here. I was wondering, we had a little police action going on, and so they, they have helped her. And, um, Mary went out, is she okay? Do we? Okay, all right. Okay, good. All right, so, okay. All right, so please keep Joanne Hughes, who's uh, one of the pillars of our church, uh, keep her in your, in your prayers as well. Now, there's always something to be praying about, dear friends. And, um, you know, we, we remember one another and we uphold one another. And um, it's so important that we, that we love one another. And, and perhaps the best way we can show that is not just how we interact socially, however important that is, but what we do when we're apart from one another. We see each other in our own hearts, so we pray for one another. Well, this morning, I, um, you know, I've been thinking about a lot of things that have been going on in our, in our culture. And um, it just occurred to me, how can you even argue with something when something makes no sense whatsoever? Um, <laughs> and, you know, as a, as a culture, in many ways, we're just completely adrift. We're, we have no anchor. I was in a um, virtual conference in the Southeastern Conference of the, uh, of the denomination I'm, I'm ordained in, and... and um, as I was listening, 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 there was a big emphasis on this of the whole time was pastors taking sabbatical leave. And we had breakout groups and I, I said, well, I'm, a, I'm probably the outlier here. I said, but the Pew Research Center last spring said that church attendance and participation in faith is going down dramatically in our culture. Seems to me now is not a time to take a break, now's the time to work harder. And it's also a time to, to get our moorings back. That's why this morning we started with that song, the B.I.B. <laughs> I mean, how many of you learned that in Sunday school when you were a kid? Yeah, yeah, so did I. And uh, when I was a kid at First Covenant Church in Spokane, we had this room full of, full of children and and they always started out with a song like that and Onward Christian Soldiers and all of the other things that kids sang. And then they would have what they called sword drills, where one of the teachers would read out a passage, a text, and there was a competition to see who could get to it first. 
I remember it's always these girls that won. None of the guys could ever win. But, um, but it was all about the Bible, the Word of God, the ultimate authority to human life, the Scriptures. And it's fun to sing about, but it was intentional that we went from the B-I-B-L-E to holy, holy, holy. Because the B-I-B-L-E is what we sang in Sunday school, and then in big church they were singing holy, 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 but it's the same foundational message. And so I want to share with you from the Apostle Paul. Uh Uh-oh. Oh, here we go. I thought, I thought Ken had been here again. The Apostle Paul writing to his understudy, Timothy, from the third chapter. I'm going to expand upon it from where I, where I uh, listed in the bulletin. So 2 Timothy, the third chapter. You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times For people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. But you, Timothy, must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they are true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. You have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood, And they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. God had his understanding of this hearing of his word. So the scriptures are our ultimate authority. The scriptures, the Bible. And yes, we have to study it, read it, and interpret it. But there are certain aspects of scripture that are beyond dispute. That God actually gave the Ten Commandments. We didn't make these things up. Moses didn't go up to the mountain and just sort of construct something and bring it back down. It came from God. The voice of God was heard by the prophets and by the poets. And to the best of their ability, they they wrote it down. And the history of the Old Testament is a faithful reconstruction of what actually happened and then the interpretation of what what happened as as regards matters of faith. 
And so the scriptures, as the Apostle Paul is writing to Timothy, is the scriptures of the old, what we call the Old Testament. Those were the scriptures. And they were reliable. They were foundational. They were true. They constituted God's self-revelation to the people. And that, that reality has always come into conflict with, with culture and with political power. So the history of the church, the history of the early church, finds the, the church moving from places of faithfulness to, to places of, of compromise time and again, especially when the church gets associated with worldly power, as we see in Moscow to this day. And so the scriptures are that to which we must regularly return. And so that was what Martin Luther called forth when he, when he nailed his 95 theses to the wall of the Wittenberg church and, and emailed a copy off to Rome and, and uh, twittered and did all of that stuff to get his, 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 uh, his argument out. What he was calling upon the church to do was to restore itself to integrity, to the integrity of the scriptures and acknowledge the, the final ultimate reality of the scriptures for life and faith. And so he writes, from the beginning of my reformation, I have asked God to send me neither dreams nor visions nor angels, but to give me the right understanding of his word, the holy scriptures. For as long as I have God's word, I know that I am walking in his way and that I shall not fall into any error or delusion. As long as we are consistent with God's word, at least in our knowledge, and as we strive with our behavior to align ourselves with the scriptures, with what God reveals to us in the Bible, then Martin Luther says, I'm fine. Not visions, not some subjective subjective strong feeling, however strong it may be. I always love it when I have, hear from people who have had visions, and I love it because it, it reinforces their faith. But we derive the content of our faith from the revealed word. He goes on, a simple layman armed with scripture is greater than the mightiest pope without it. A layman armed with scripture. So I've shared with you how dad and I used to argue. And um, I got him one time. Probably only one time. But he was, we were at the dinner table and he, he was kind of egging me on. And, um, and, and mom told dad to cut it out. And I said to dad, it says in Ephesians that fathers are not to exas exasper exasperate their children. And he said, in Ephesians, where? So I went to my room. And I got my Bible. My J.B. Phillips translation that I got from Young Life. Fathers, don't overcorrect your children or make it difficult for them to obey the commandments. Bring them up with Christian teaching 
in Christian discipline. Again, to my father's credit. He submitted to the word. At that moment, he was silent. He submitted to the word. And and I learned. I learned that we we are under the word. We don't make it up as we go along. We derive everything we are from an understanding of our relationship with God. We have so much chaos in our culture. And and yet, where do I derive my identity? Who am I? Who am I as a human being? I am who God says I am, not what I feel. We live in a, in a postmodern culture where every single individual defines reality. And you hear this, the language of my truth. Well, in, in postmodernism, truth is not something out there that we aspire to understand and to grasp. Truth is something in here. And if it's my truth, and my truth alone that is the arbiter of reality, then we are sinking and sliding into a culture of hyper-narcissism, a focus on self, focus on perhaps the most unreliable source, and that is feelings. As we know, feelings change every single day. And yet, that becomes the final arbiter in our modern discourse. As I say, if, if, that's, if that's all it is, then it's nothing. If that's what it is, it's nothing at all. Then we have no anchor. And we have, therefore, no basis upon which to make decisions And then it's simply the law of the jungle. It's whoever can amass the most power because there's no authority outside of ourselves, no authority outside of government, no authority really anywhere. Another couple of quotes, John Adams. We have no government armed with power capable of contending with human passions, unbridled by morality and religion. Avarice, ambition, revenge, or gallantry would break the strongest cords of our Constitution as a whale goes through a net. Our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to government of any other. Facts are stubborn things. And whatever may be our wishes, our inclinations, or the dictates of our passions, they cannot alter the state of facts and evidence. In other words, truth is outside of us. No matter what we feel, truth is is that stubborn reality that is on the outside of us that we should aspire to know. 
And the reality of God is the ultimate other whom we aspire to know in this one life that we've been given. But Adams is writing, of course, as a, as a politician, as, a, as one who's in, involved in government and the founding of our Constitution. The Constitution itself doesn't work, he says, if we don't understand that we have an accountability to God. And how do we understand and grasp that accountability? Through his word. All scripture is inspired. Inspired means God breathed. That God breathed his breath into the scriptures and animates the scriptures with his breath. And in the same manner, God breathed into the nostrils of the man, the breath of life. So the the scriptures don't have to be perfect to be authoritative. The scriptures don't have to be perfect to be the word of God. They don't have to have a perfection outside of their relationship with God. The perfection of scripture, the the authority of scripture is based not on its its own integral perfection, but on the authority that God gives it. Because this is the primary witness to who Jesus was, to who Jesus is, and to God's saving work. And so the authority of Scripture is reliable and available to all of us. This is simply a way of saying that this is our foundation. This is our floor. This is, this is the, the bottom that we go to, to touch, to get our bearings once again. And the church theologians, et cetera, for the last 150 years ago have kind of messed with it. And there's been a lot of fouling up of the scriptures. And denominations have, have many of them have disconnected themselves from scripture and have located themselves instead somewhere along the political spectrum thinking that that's the relevant place to be. Well, we don't have to make the scriptures relevant. The scriptures make us relevant. We don't have to do something to the scriptures to make them work. We have to submit ourselves to the scriptures so that they are allowed to work in and through his people. So this is, the, this is what the phrase apostolic means. And that is that we trust the apostolic work, the work of the apostles that not only gathered the scriptures, but affirmed the scriptures of both the Old and New Testament as The scriptures were canonized in the fourth century at the Council of Nicaea. And that this this work of God through the apostles and through the early church fathers is reliable. And that we can have every confidence that our faith and our life as informed by the scriptures 
are operating in conformity with what God intends for us. So that's a long way of saying it's important. And I am so grateful for the anonymous giver, who I won't say who it was, but Wally has given about 200 Bibles to us, those chronological Bibles. And about 200 of them have flown out the door. And I've had people say to me what a huge difference it makes for them to be able to think of reading the entire Bible in a year. And I remember when dad was about 90, I got him a Bible. And after just a couple of years, that Bible was all beat up. Dad read it every single day, cover to cover, several times through in his life. And so might we be a people of the book, a people of the word. And the word of God is reliable and true and trustworthy as an authority for all of life. You join me in prayer. And so, Lord, have your way with us. Restore our nation. Restore this culture. Restore our politics. Give us new hearts. May we, your church, be the sweet leaven within the loaf as we deepen in our relationship with you, deepening in our awareness of what you've taught us in your word. We ask it in the name of your your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, there are a few things you can do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.naplescommunitychurch.org. If you happen to be visiting Naples, please drop in for our Sunday service at 10 a.m. We'd love to meet you. Thanks again for joining us. Have a fabulous day.